podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rival Recon here on Anfield Index Pro. Here's hoping you all had a great festive break and New Year's celebration. 2023 is now upon us. And the Reds look to get the year off to a perfect start with a win tomorrow evening, uh, but they'll be expecting a tough battle for all three points as Klopp's side head to face a flying Brentford side on Monday evening. So joining us to share her perspective on the journey Brentford have been on over the past two seasons and how they've started this campaign so strongly, I'm delighted to welcome on a regular of the Besotted podcast and her game two advocate for Brentford FC, Taylor Dawson. Welcome on, Taylor. Hi, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. Like uh, the food groups, um, sort of normal food groups are sort of re-emerging into my life now. Um, yeah, so no, that's, that's fair enough. You've you've earned uh, a cheat week. I think the whole country has, to be fair. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, I mean, I said re-emerging because they're not quite. I've not. I've not quite jumped back into, <laughs> into that just yet because uh, I looked at the fridge this morning and there was still a lot of yeah. Let's, shall we say, junk that I needed to to work my way through. So. I'm going to be eating party bits, I think, for the next like couple of days at least. But then, I, yeah, they will reemerge. Time will also sort of come back. Work will come back as usual as well. Um, how, how's this time time of year been for you? Yeah, no, it's been good. Um, I've enjoyed enjoyed my time off. Um, I'm training to be a teacher at the moment, so I've had mm-hmm. quite a decent amount of time off, which I didn't get before. So that's been enjoyable. I mean, to be honest, you've talked about your fridge. Ours is completely empty. We finally made it through all the holiday leftovers. So well we need to uh, do a shop tomorrow, I think. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's not something I've been successful with, to be honest, so far. But um, I mean, also this time of year, of course, uh, as I was speaking to uh, sort of the Villa fan I had on the head of that game just a couple of days ago, football's obviously been sandwiched into this period, as it usually is, even more sandwiched this time around, given the fact that the World Cup uh only ended a few weeks ago as well um i think brentford sort of one of those teams where you look at some of the players who who went to the world cup perhaps not as heavily affected and, and perhaps that can be an advantage to you for the re- for the remainder of the season but what i wanted to ask you for is just cast your mind back really quickly just the last season uh finishing 13th in the in the premier league uh, what were your overarching thoughts on just on, on how that season went to sort of back in the Premier League, um, the way in which your style sort of worked within the Premier League as well? Uh, and then, then also, I suppose, what your expectations were right at the start of this one? Um, I mean, I think one of the things about being a Brentford fan is we we haven't had any really for the last two <laughs> seasons. Um, you sort of go into it with no expectations, really. Um, I mean, we always had, you know, sort of faith and and Thomas, obviously, and in the sort of overall structure of the club, like we we always know that there's a plan and it might not be one that we get to see all the time. It might be one that we do, but we know that there's a plan always. 
So even if we had got relegated at the end of last season, we would have known there was a plan in place to deal with that. And, you know, like I said, we're just sort of no expectations, really enjoying it. And even if the the worst happens and we go down, I mean, that was always just, well, that was really fun. Let's crack on and let's keep going. Yeah, it was interesting when, when I spoke to Billy from uh, Besotted as well, I think last season, that was one of the main things that came over. And a lot of listeners mentioned it to me as well, that it was, um, just that freedom that sort of Billy was sort of expressing a little bit in, the, in that you, obviously the journey that you've been on coming out to the league. Um, yeah, I don't want to be di- disrespectful at all in terms of, in, in terms of not thinking you're, you're going to be competitive. You certainly thought he was going to be competitive and you were, you were more than that last season. But I think just, yeah, not being sort of, um, weighed down by expectations of having to achieve a certain level of success given sort of the way in which the club has been progressing. But I do get the impression that as well as that sort of freedom, there are a lot of very serious thinkers involved with the club and sort of the the plans that they have. Thomas Frank being being one of those really key figures as well. Um, one one player who, I mean, no doubt, we'll be talking about him plenty from all, all sorts of angles. But Ivan Tony was another interesting st- sort of story last season in terms of people wondering how he would uh, do sort of uh, in the top flight. Obviously, a hugely impressive goal scoring record, breaking all sorts of records um, at lower levels and then coming up and again, being more than a handful. I mean, how have you um, sort of uh, felt towards how these team, how this team has adapted to the Premier League? Do you know, it's, I think the way that the players that we have have stepped up, like, I mean, you see, say, Forrest, for example, They, I mean, they had to really, they were forced to because they had so many players on loan, but have completely overhauled their squad. It's what mm. did Fulham in, you know, when they've gone up before and just buying too many people and, I think nine of our starting 11 when we beat Man City uh, before the World Cup break played for us <laughs> in the championship. So we haven't really had that sort of big overhaul. We haven't sort of bought loads of players in, like by and large, the players that have done this for us this season and last season are ones that played for us in the championship. You talked about Ivan Tony. Obviously, he did incredible things in the championship and, you know, he was very good last year and, you know, deservedly got a lot of credit, I think, from sort of people outside the club but are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must-have fan threads well over at our anfield index shop we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your liverpool collection from our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts sweaters hoodies and hats to our signature edition mugs prints and coasters all provided with fast worldwide shipping we have something for every red We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I mean, this year he's taken that up to a completely different level, even with sort of other things going on for him. And I think the thing that people don't appreciate about him, who don't watch him maybe week in, week out and haven't watched him for years, is what he contributes outside of scoring and assisting goals. Yeah. I mean, if you watch when we when we defend the box, it's just as likely that he's going to win that header um, than anyone else. He will absolutely just sprint back as far as possible to go back and defend and he enjoys it. He'll, you know, he'll celebrate winning a header. Um in the box and it's 
it, it's those little things his hold up play all those other parts to his game I think that make him so important for us and make him uh, such a good player I think a lot of people only see the goals um, which are brilliant don't get me wrong we absolutely love that but he does so so much apart from that and everyone on the team does I think when you've got a squad like we have everybody has to do so much more you can't just do your individual role and do it really well you have to be able to do everything mm. um especially one of the things about thomas is he's he's not afraid to change things up you know he'll he's very tactical in that way we might play three four different formations in the game i think it was everton last year i think we i think we we chalked it up and it was five different formations we played in that game <laughs> Um, and he's perfectly happy to do that, but it means that those players need to be capable of doing more than just what they do. Mm. And I think, yeah, I, I mean, I was just casting my mind back to the the the, the reverse fixture of, the, of this one that's coming up tomorrow, last season, um, where we went to Brentford Liverpool, and it was, yeah, I mean, I think I was fully expecting a very sort of tough game, to be honest, uh, despite what a lot of my friends were saying. Uh, and so... Especially because sort of this Liverpool team is uh, no longer able to control games from from midfield. Really, I was prepared for a basketball match, and it turned into a <laughs> basketball match. Uh, and yeah, that was one of the games I remember watching it. And uh, despite sort of, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Wissa. I think he's a, he's a bit of a cult hero for me. Um, uh, but Tony, I don't think he scored that day in, in the three three draw. But it, it, the, the amount of work that he got through was was staggering to be honest. I mean, a lot was made about sort of how how effective he was in the air and how he'd um he'd give Van Dyke and I think it was Canate on the day a, a tough time and he, he he very much did. Um but uh, yeah I was stunned by the amount of work that he got through. Um and one point I want to make as well, you, you spoke about sort of Tony how he he's, he adjusted to life in the Premier League, nine out of the of the starters being from the side that got promoted as well. Uh, Thomas Frank, you mentioned they're not willing, sorry, uh, not afraid to be pragmatic, to change things up. Um, I think you know, people throw around the word innovator at, at times, but I think he's, he's he's very happy to do innovative things if they prove to be effective. I mean, w- what are you made about the way in which he's handled this adjustment, right? Because it's, you know, it was one thing being an up and coming coach, it's, 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 it's then being it's another being thrust into sort of the limelight of the Premier League, starting to get some of these big wins, big results. Uh, and then when things don't go so well for periods, you know, do those managers, you know, look to change the way in which the the team is approaching things, especially when it's been so successful for you. I mean, what were your thoughts on uh, sort of uh, Frank and how he's handled it? Um, I mean, honestly, he's, he, I think he's been absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's just signed a new five-year deal. So he did, it yeah. shows the sort of faith that, that we all have in him. Um, and that, you know, not just as supporters, but that the club has in him. I mean, he's he's done absolutely brilliantly. I think, you know, you you either Thomas Frank seems to be very marmite to um, other supporters of other clubs. Uh, some people absolutely hate him, but I think for the most part, people sort of respect. He, you know, when he does press conferences, he's always sort of very open, and he just he talks as if it's a genuine person. You know, he doesn't go, you know, into massive sound bites. Oh, I can't talk about that. I'm not going to do that. He's he's just himself. Um, and I think we've always responded to that as well. I mean, I'm not sure how much you sort of know about his history, but um, I think he lost he lost the eight out of the first ten matches when he was promoted to head coach, hmm. which is not something that that most head coaches survive. Um, but we've always just sort of had that faith in him. I mean, we went on a a pretty awful run from sort of January February last season. 
But I mean, at no point I can imagine was he ever concerned that he was going to sort of lose his job over it, which is something that I would imagine most other Premier League managers do worry about. But we've always had that faith in him. You know, he's he is pragmatic, I think, when he needs to be. Um, but, you know, especially last season, you know, there were quite a lot of people who thought we were just going to go up, we were going to sort of park the bus, we were going to do, you know, just anything to stay up. And I think the thing I respect him most for is he just always attacks it. Um, I mean, we've got a great low block, don't get me wrong. Um, and he will use it when needed, but he just goes and attacks constantly. And I think we had quite a few last minute winners last year. We were talking about Wiesa. I mean, he's a cult hero for us too, so don't worry about that. Um, but like, you know, that last minute winner at West Ham, like he just always, always, mm. always goes for it. He never just says, right, we'll sit back, we'll take the draw, we'll take the win. He always wants more. Um, and I think that's obviously quite endearing to fans and, it seems to be something that the club is is more than happy with as well. So, yeah, I I, I think with Wister, what I also enjoy about it is that he's he's one of those players who celebrates with um, sort of a look, quite an indifferent look to him as well. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is my job. You know, come on, come on, <laughs> I scored a goal. So yes, that's 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 what I'm that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm employed employed he's, to um, do. He's a really interesting character. He's an absolutely lovely guy. Um, I'd encourage you if you're a, a Wister mm. fan of been interested about him there's about a half an hour interview that the club did with him over the break mm. um where he sort of talks about his career and I don't, i'm not sure how many people know this outside of us but um we were meant to get him at the beginning of last summer um but couldn't because he was the victim of an acid attack an acid so we, attack yeah so he was nearly wow. blinded um he had acid thrown in his face at his home um and so we had to wait for obviously any sort of medical clearance to see if he was okay, that sort of thing. So he didn't end up joining until the very end of preseason last year. Um, but he talks about that a bit in the interview and, you know, wow. he's honestly, he's a genuinely lovely, lovely guy, um, which I think we, we really appreciate. Um, we have the sort of quite, I guess, well-known now, no dickheads policy. Um, and he definitely mm. qualifies. He was talking about like, even when it happened, he was never worried about himself. He was never worried about his career. He was upset because it happened outside his home and his family was there. And that was the thing that scared him and worried him most. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's 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 honestly incredible. Um, and well, whatever happens with Ivan, it looks like he might actually be back tomorrow. Um, mm. But he's, I think he's going to be, he's going to be the the guy. Um, whatever happens to Ivan, sort of injury wise, or whatever happens with the, with all the betting and and any suspension yeah. that might come from that. So. I think um, he can step up. He's definitely got a nose for goal. No, exactly. And I think I, I'm, I'm always stunned at times when you when you do hear these stories, these backstories of footballers who've either come from incredibly sort of humble beginnings or um, you know been through sort of real periods of adversity or like moments like that in in their life. Yeah, you are. It is it is often um, humbling to be honest. It also sort of humbles you in that this. <laughs> if, if players have been through things like that in their lives um, or come from you know, incredibly humble beginnings to where they are now, like I'm, I'm thinking of sort of the likes of Sadio Mane and some of the, some of the stories you've heard in the past about sort of those players and how they've you know, risen to the, the top of the top of the game. Yeah, it's it's not surprising that they're not really sort of bothered by you know, a couple of people on Twitter or a, a tough a tough trip to Stoke or whatever it, 
or whatever it is now. I'm, I'm, I don't know what the equivalent would be, sort of a, a wet Tuesday night at Stoke. Um, what <laughs> yeah, that is yeah. in the Premier League. Maybe it is Brentford, who knows, but it's... Um, <laughs> well, um, it was Burnley. Yeah, I, very much. Yeah, God, I'm quite glad that that's, that's gone for me to, to experience that. Um, the, in, in terms of... Um, <laughs> Uh, the uh, you mentioned Tony there, uh, and the the fact that you picked, picked up what looked, looked like it was a nasty uh, sort of injury in the, in the last game, stretched it off, has now been sort of confirmed. That's not as work, not as bad as uh, as feared by by Thomas Frank. I'm also sort of um, always a bit nervous to accept that sort of line from a manager because I, I hear it very often from Klopp, where it's, oh, it's not as bad as we feared. Oh, it's it's, it's not as bad as you know it looked. And then the player doesn't return for for a couple of months or something. <laughs> well, at least it's not just us, honestly. Um, mm. it, like as soon as it as soon as the press conference happened, we're all going, "Oh no, it's just Thomas again." Um, he's I guess he must be very similar to Jurgen in that way. Is he just constantly be like, "Oh no, he's fine," and then mm. six months later, he finally you know comes back on at the sixtieth minute. Um, yeah, Thomas is very good for that. Um, but I think in in Ivan's case, um, you know, it, it could be something a bit tactical but I genuinely think if Ivan was capable of of playing on one leg he would um he's just one of those he's just one of those players he's just incredibly hungry all the time mm-hmm. um I mean I was I was legitimately worried I've you know I've obviously seen players down and things like that but that that worried me it scared me it, it did look really really bad um and unfortunately you know for us it it sort of took the gloss off of it like we you know we sort of felt we should be sort of an celebrating this this really nice win um and i think we all felt just mm, actually can't really be happy about anything at the moment um but no yeah. um, hopefully thomas is uh not putting one on um mm. hopefully he's absolutely fine um just cuz like i said i mean he, he it's not just the goals he scores he brings so much to it and i you know we've sort of proven over the years that we can very much change the way we do things especially up front um you know with the players that we've lost like you know people were really worried when we lost Neil Mope oh how are we going to work Ollie Watkins doesn't really fit that type of mold but we just changed the way we play and then again well we lost Ollie Watkins and Saeed Benrahma well we didn't replace both of them we only replaced them with Ivan so again we just sort of changed the way we play and adapt so I think we sort of have to have faith in it that if he can't go or if he is out for any extended period of time that we'll manage uh, yeah. but it's definitely a a worrying pros- prospect if he's he's not back tomorrow i think or at least yeah. for the for the cup game yeah i was going to say as well because obviously there is this um uh off pitch uh sort of um issue that, that's that's hanging over him as well to sort of the gambling from the betting um uh incidents that could could have him out i mean based upon what i'm, I'm looking at sort of what happened to Sturridge when he was involved in some of that as well previously and some other players as well from, from the president i think so, i've seen sort of time ranges like six months and, and, and that being 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 bandied about, I don't know how realistic that that actually is, but there's 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 a likelihood that Tony, for example, will be will be absent for a period of time. Um, th- does that make sort of the has there been a focus then maybe looking at this month that maybe there needs to be sort of some cover brought in for for that situation? I mean, I'm I'm sure it is being looked at. It's certainly something that we as supporters have been looking at. Um, if you go on any of the sort of you know Brentford Twitter or anything like that it's probably a wash with forwards that people think we should buy um but it's if there's someone that we already wanted or someone that we already thought could improve us they'd already be on the radar you know 
we've always, you know, the club have sort of always said, you don't overpay in January. Um, you know, people who overpay in January are people who panic. And regardless of the situation that we're in, we don't tend to panic, especially not starting the year in 10th place in the Premier League. I don't think we're going to panic. Um, I mean, even just so far this season, you know, Wies has had to come in and do a job for us when we played Forest when Ivan was out. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So I don't think they're going to panic. Whether that works out in the end, I can't say. Uh, I don't think that we'll bring anyone in who we didn't already want, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And I think just, just one other thing around sort of players sort of coming and going, I mean, one player I, d- I did want to just touch upon, uh, just given sort of the sort of story he's had in terms of his return to football, uh, Christian Eriksen uh, and that spell that he had with you last season. Uh, I mean, I, I, I was hoping he'd stay, to be honest. Uh, I thought it was, it was just oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> so much, so much fun. And there was so much romance about it. And obviously, sort of, I hate where he's gone. Uh, but <laughs> in, in terms of sort of what that was like as well, I mean, for, give me sort of a player of his caliber to be, um, coming playing with Brentford, really enjoying it, like really sort of seemingly sort of part of that team, that, that unit, um, and so effective at times. I mean, sort of um, one. What did you think of that sort of cameo that he had his 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 Brentford career, and also any fears around when he departed? Uh, I mean, honestly, it, you know, it was absolutely brilliant. Like you said, it was a bit of a fairy tale, really. I mean, it's the sort of player that we would have never sort of dreamed of signing. Um, it's, I guess, sort of what we do, like people that are overlooked for whatever reason. In his case, it happened to be a medical issue. Um, but it obviously it seemed like no one else really wanted to take the chance on him. Um, obviously, I'm sure the Danish connection helped. I think it came out afterwards that Thomas had rang him like months before and said, have you heard of Brentford? <laughs> um, just to sort of plant the seed in his head a little bit. Um, but I mean, it was absolutely brilliant sort of watching him play. Um disappointed uh when he left i think i you know i understand it from his perspective but we we did really enjoy having him um i think the biggest thing that he has sort of left behind a little bit of a legacy um matthias jensen who if you would have asked brent most brentford fans not me but most brentford fans last year um was just not good enough um was just not sort of capable of making the step up has been absolutely one of our most solid and best players this year and he sort of stepped into that that Ericsson role now that he's gone whether that had anything to do with Ericsson or just having a full season in the league or or anything like that but I think a lot of the players including uh, Matty probably learned quite a lot from him um, just on the training pitch and you know 
how to how to be a, a world class player and that's uh that's greatly appreciated regardless of um how things ended yeah there were so many so so many good moments actually i was even thinking about i think it was maybe norwich or some, uh, a player online from united I forget exactly maybe it was brandon williams uh, and was like fully, yeah, yeah, was. fully ready to start on to start <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, it was it was right in front of me actually. Um, <laughs> he looked so angry. I could I could see his face. He was so so angry, and he just sort of lifted himself up a little bit off the ground, saw who it was, and just gave him a nice little cuddle. Um, yeah, he got a good cheer from the away fans that day for that. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a nice, it was a, it was a nice little moment. Uh, and then just coming and, and, and sort of looking at this season so far. Um, as you mentioned, sort of sitting in 10th place at the moment, a bit of positive start to the season, to say the least. Uh, and you look at some of those results, and I mean, <laughs> some of them as well. Uh, you know, you're speaking about sort of fairy tale and some of, some of these performances that you'd, you'd hope to see in the Premier League. But I mean, the 4 0 win against United, uh, I remember exactly where I was and sort of thoroughly enjoyed that day. So thank you very much for that. That was, um, <laughs> Well, I'm glad somebody enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it very much. Um, we, yeah. I was meant to be at that match. Uh, my husband um, had a bit of a unforeseen medical emergency and we ended up in hospital instead. So we watched it from the hospital room. Um, but it was very, very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, basically what you said, it's, you know, for us, it's, it is a fairy tale. Um, you know, we don't really go into matches expecting things like, this is probably quite hard for for sort of other fans to understand or maybe look back far enough to remember. But even, you know, on Boxing Day, just the fact that we can look at a draw against Tottenham and actually feel disappointed is sort of mind blowing (laughs) to us. Like that is, that is just incredible. Um, And every time these moments come along, you know, Chelsea last season, Arsenal last season, um, again, I mean, City's the big one this year. It's just sort of like living the dream, you know. We, I don't like necessarily the term free hit, but we do sort of feel that way a lot of times when we play the top six. And to be honest, our results are actually pretty good. Um, you talked about the three-three draw against against Liverpool yep. last year. Like the Arsenal game, I wouldn't say it was expected, but you could sort of understand it. It was like our first game in the Premier League. It was, you know, the first time we ever had, you know, a full stadium. At our new ground and you could always sort of see right you know might cause a bit of an upset yeah I can understand that but it was that it was that 3-3 that actually got me thinking <laughs> we we might deserve to be here yeah. um I remember and- watching the Arsenal game as well actually I remember yeah I was um I was in a bar with, with quite a few uh Arsenal fans um actually it was a Ghanaian sort of like uh, restaurant and got some of the Oh, it was some of the best reactions I've seen, to be honest. <laughs> to that game. <laughs> Furious, but Brentford were, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it was even after that, like, we even, you know, it wasn't just like Arsenal fans, it wasn't just media or anything like that. We were all telling ourselves, like, right, they're not really, they're not really on it. You know, that's when they just signed Ben White and he, you know, he, he's turned out to be an absolutely brilliant player for them. But on that night, he was terrible. It was like the first game for them, just loads of sort of reasons why okay you can understand why Brentford might have won this game and um yeah it wasn't until I think Liverpool that I was like oh this might actually be quite an interesting season this might actually be really fun for us um and I mean obviously it was um and it still is so I'm just gonna enjoy it for as long as we're here really I'm looking at some of the other results as well that I suppose you class as sort of being really impressive ones as well the 
2 0 win over Brighton, given sort of what we've seen them do this season, the 0 0 uh, draw with Chelsea. Um, the the uh, obviously the win over Manchester City uh, and the way in which that was uh, done uh, was just sort of masterful on the counter. Um, then, as you mentioned, two two draw with Tottenham, where you can feel hard done by, given the way in which they came back into their game at Tottenham, obviously with their uh, we refused to play first halves uh, <laughs> tactic being a bit yeah. tough again, tough for them today seemed to be. Um, and then yeah, another impressive win. Um, away to to West Ham in, in in the last game, and I think naturally they're struggling this season. But again, a tough place to go away from home and you know, win so comfortably. It looked like in the end, um, a number of really really impressive results there. Um, I was going to ask you just just um, to to pick your highlight. I'm, I'm guessing it's the uh, it's the obvious. Oh yeah, it's definitely City. I mean, you know, there's always going to be that time where you sort of you know like West Ham last season for example you just sort of nick one at the end um and I mean don't get me wrong that that feels incredible I think the thing about the the City game in particular um probably you know like similar to the Chelsea game last year we won 4-1 is it was thoroughly deserved and I think that's the thing that makes it special um you know we didn't just sort of oh two two cheeky little goals against the runner play or anything like that like I think we just performed really, really well. Um, and especially again, I mean, Haaland, he's just been absolutely incredible this season and to do it against him as well um, was just brilliant. You know, I think there's always the, the sort of excuse in the back of your mind, like, oh, well, you know, he wasn't playing that game or, um, but we just kept him very, very quiet. Um, and I think, you know, underrated signing of the year is has been me um, for us. He's been absolutely incredible, um, especially, you know, thus far this year. It's only been the last sort of uh, Spurs and, and West Ham that we've had our, the person who was voted our best player by fans and by his fellow teammates last season. And Christian Norgard um, has been out for quite a long time. And our captain's been out for quite a long time. We haven't had Pontus Janssen um, and we signed Ben Mee sort of in that in that slot. And, you know, I think a lot of people, oh, he's, you know, he's a bit old. Oh, he's been playing at Burnley for too long. Can he really, can he really do a job? And he's just been phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's, um, it just goes to show sort of what you were talking about at the start in terms of the fact that, yes, there's this, there's this freedom. Yes, there's this, this, this fairy tale that you, that you feel as fans you're going on, but there's a lot of methodical, uh, planning going on to to sort of make um, Brentford effective on a game by game basis, but also, also in terms of the players that they bring in, the profile of the players. I uh, enjoyed what you said earlier on around sort of the no dickhead policy, the unofficial one. That that seems to be one that Liverpool have had as um, uh, as well over the years under Klopp, and it's certainly still has in good stead. So I think it's yeah, it's, it seems to be a successful successful one. And then you look ahead, then I mean, suppose. Uh, just before we get onto the game itself tomorrow against um, against Liverpool, but um, you mentioned Thomas Frank signing a new deal until 2027. The really good feel feel good factor around the club at the moment, the way in which they're performing so far. Uh, Tony on fire. Hopefully, oh, you know, he, he has has to rest uh, tomorrow tomorrow evening, but <laughs> has a great rest of his season. But I mean, you mentioned not having any expectations over the past few seasons, but. Do you have any now for sort of how the rest of the season is going to go? Um, I mean, no, not really. I think, you know, the most Brentford thing in the world to do is to 
beat Manchester City and then lose to Southampton. Like, <laughs> um, there's a very sort of well-known, I guess, thing that we say is it's Brentford, isn't it? So whenever <laughs> those weird, crazy things happen, good or bad, it's Brentford, isn't it? So I think genuinely sort of no expectations. I mean, I think at this point we would expect to sort of stay up. Um, that sort of, you know, the the level by which we measure ourselves, really. Um, but, I mean, no doubt that, you know, there are probably most supporters at this point sort of starting to look up a bit. I mean, the 13th place finish last year was incredible. Obviously, we had the whole, oh, it's going to be second season syndrome thing all again before this season. But to be sitting in 10th and to have had some really good results and really good performances um, makes us feel like we're in a good place. Um We've had some pretty bad ones too. So the sort of games that we really should have won. Um, I'm talking, thinking of Fulham and Bournemouth specifically this year. Um, that we don't want to sort of look back on and go, oh, that was the one that did it. So hopefully we'll be in just a good a place this year as we were last year, if not better. But, you know, whatever happens, happens. And I'm sure we'll all uh, enjoy the ride one way or another. Hmm. And in terms of you, you, you mentioned free hit earlier on, but uh, how you how you expect Brentford to approach the game tomorrow evening? I mean, at home, under the lights uh, in the evening to to Liverpool, uh, and this is you know this is a Liverpool side that is working to get back into contention to the top four. I think a lot of Liverpool fans, uh, the ones who are being realistic about it, think that that's probably going to be dependent on. Assigning um, a midfielder who can run, which would be very helpful for the next um, next few months. I think just help the others out because they they look like they've run a lot uh, over the past few years, which is true. They're, they've run more than I think uh, I probably will in my life. Uh, so I, I'm not going to give them a hard time for it. But I think they could do with some just some support. So, it, but it's not it's not a vintage Liverpool side, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and the success you've had against Liverpool in the past as well, what you've seen other sides do at Anfield and away from home this season too this version of Liverpool, uh, I suppose you're you're looking at it and, th- and thinking that we can really get at them. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think that, I think that about everyone, you know, whether we win or not, um, I always feel like we have a chance. Um, and, you know, a lot of that's down to some of the results that we've talked about and, you know, against clubs that we have no business really on paper winning against. Um, but we do, so- we do definitely have that, have that belief in the squad and, I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. 
Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. I just think, sort of win or lose, um, we don't get overly enthusiastic. We don't get overly disappointed. Um, it's just, we, all, but we do always feel like we have a chance. Um, I think it's going to be definitely an interesting one tomorrow. Um, I, you know, I've, I know you're, from your perspective, it's very much, oh, it's only, you know, top four, sort of looking down a bit this year compared to where we are normally. And mm. that's, that's absolutely fair enough. Um, but for us, we still see you as, you know, we're playing Liverpool. Um, we're playing, we're playing Mo Salah and we're playing Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, so it's, it's quite a big deal for us. Um, I don't know how many times you've seen Brentford under the lights, but we tend to show up and show up well. No, uh, so yeah, it might I'm, be a, a loud I'm, one. Uncomfortably aware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, hopefully everyone has a, has a really good time tomorrow night. I think even in the last, let me think. So from City to Spurs and from Spurs to West Ham. I think we only made three changes total across those three matches. So I think it's going to be quite a similar one tomorrow. I think from the West Ham game, I think Josh De Silva might go back to the bench um, and replaced by Vitaly Janelt. But I can't, I can't read Thomas Frank's mind. He does, mm. he does insanely crazy things sometimes, but they usually work out. Um, but I think that'll that'll probably be a, a similar lineup. Um, hopefully again, Ivan back. If not, I would imagine Wissa, Wissa takes that spot. Um, I think the really interesting one to watch is going to be Rico Henry, um, with Trent Alexander-Arnold and Mo Salah on that side. Um, Mm. so our left back, he's, he's one of those players that Brentford fans absolutely love. We, we can't understand why he didn't make an England squad, uh, especially when they had no left backs to speak of. Um, He's been absolutely brilliant and just one of those solid, very consistent performers for us. Um, so I think that will be the the thing to look out for tomorrow. Yeah, I was going to ask you sort of. Um, you mentioned sort of it's still it's still it's still regarded as Liverpool turning up tomorrow evening, and yeah, I think it's yeah, fa- fans of your own club. You're always going to be more critical of uh, of your guys than, <laughs> any, any, than anybody else, and I think this these Liverpool players are still you know, they make up a large part of the best Liverpool team I've ever seen, but. Um, yeah, I, I, I do think they look a little bit creaky um, at, at times, and can do I mean, some that's support. the thing you're going to, though, aren't you? Like, if you, they, yeah. I'm sure I read that they had actually played the most matches of anyone because last you've gotten season. so far yeah, in the cups yeah. and Champions League. You played the most matches of anyone last uh, yeah. season. We played every single game we possibly could, um, which was um, yeah. And uh, again, we. we, we you come close to the quadruple, which you know is improbable from the moment that someone says it, right? There's a reason yeah. why people don't go and do that. And then you nearly, you nearly do it. Um, and then not doing it. Um, that doesn't go down very well, obviously, amongst uh, the forums, the, the WhatsApp group chats, uh, everything. So, yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a different kind of season for Liverpool fans. I'm not going to ask for any sympathy. I think, I think the side is still capable of, um, pushing their way back in. But, um, ah, tomorrow, I was, I, I think regardless of what shape Liverpool, Liverpool would be in. I was sort of aware, given our first trip to to Brentford, what this was going to be like. So um, I'm expecting well, to, it to be. I a mean, battle. I can only speak for myself, but I think we were we were always not grateful. But we were always um, had a bit of um, respect, I think, for Liverpool fans, especially, and for Jurgen Klopp. Um, mm. A lot of people, obviously, at that point last year when we played you, were still sort of writing us off, and you all always sort of 
didn't just say, oh, it's Brentford. Why can't we beat Brentford? This is ridiculous. Um, you were always sort of quite complimentary. And um, I think even Jürgen said David Rea should <laughs> should be wearing a number 10 shirt, um, <laughs> which was really nice. Um, so, yeah, little things like that. I think, you know, I've always had quite a lot of respect for Liverpool and and Liverpool fans. And, yeah, little things like that, like not not always going, ah, oh, we're Liverpool. Of course it's Brentford. That's easy. Um it's been really, really nice to see. Yeah, no, I think it's 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 obviously great to see some of the camaraderie and some of the yeah the um the support amongst the managers as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a tough a, t- a tough battle tomorrow evening. Um, I'm sort of fascinated to sort of see how um sort of Liverpool's chaos agent in um in Darwin Nunez does in in that game. Just I mean, each each and every game we watch of him, it's 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 pretty fascinating watching in terms of him causing so much trouble and yet sort of failing to score his big chances um, we have it, one of those he just cost mm, a lot less his name's brian and burmo yeah. <laughs> um, i mean he crazy. absolutely causes defense's nightmares he just he can't, can't, can't quite it, get yeah. the end product um but <laughs> i mean i think you know for nunez i think he's just yeah, i think it's coming just getting it? used to it all yeah um i think he's he's very conscious of how he sort of comes off and I think the first match I ever saw him in, he was just absolutely just going to town on people and, you know, he can tell he's very, very passionate. Mm, um, and yeah. I think that will serve him well. I think it's just a bit of an adjustment um, coming here. Like Holland's, Holland's the exception to the rule, not the rule. So I think you've, I think you have got a good one um, and hopefully not tomorrow. He comes, he comes very good soon for you. Yeah, I'm, 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 I must say I'm, I'm, I'm not particularly worried, but I'm, I'm just he's he's chaotic at like not at the best of times. So I'm just in in what I'm expecting to be a chaotic game. I'm just <laughs> fascinated to see how, how how it ends up. Yeah, and and hopefully, yeah, hopefully he does find his finishing um touch tomorrow. But anyway, Taylor, I appreciate you um you coming on and sort of sort of sharing your perspective on sort of uh the journey Brentford have been on uh, and continue to go on this season. Um, it very much looks like uh, an incredibly fun one, to be honest. Um, so uh, uh, yeah, thank you very much for all your insight. Thank you. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season. Hmm. Um, hopefully for both of us, it will at least be a very good match. Um, however, it turns out tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm certainly expecting it to be a, a lively one. I, I don't think it's going to be a snooze fest, to be honest. So, um, thank you very good. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for coming on. And um, uh, for the listeners uh, who've been tuning into these rival recons throughout what is a kind of a strange period of the year, uh, really appreciate it. Um, and we'll they'll be back um, again as 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 normal from the 14th of Jan onwards uh, when Liverpool go to Brighton, which I'm expecting to be another um, <laughs> very fun game as well, uh, g- given our record at Brighton and given how competitive they've been actually um, over the past few seasons. So that's going to be an, an, another tough uh, another tough matchup for the Reds. But yeah, there'll be another rivalry con ahead of that game. But in the meantime, do check out all the other great content uh, on our Film Index Pro. And yeah, we'll see you uh, back again ahead of that Brighton game. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. 
Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.